You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, and I'm joined by EP Rinkside's Sean Shapiro of Shap Shots as well. You can read some of his articles in D Magazine. The guy's all over the place. Love his NHL expertise and his stars expertise. How are you today, Sean? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm. Uh, we're recording this, and uh, later today for some EP ringside work, I'm flying to Tampa tonight. And uh, so I'll be uh, looking forward to going to – on Thursday, I'm going to be in person. I'm going to be able to watch uh, some – watch Bruins lightning on Thursday night. So Ooh. I'm going to go see a, re- see a really good hockey game in person later this week. So uh, it's a, it's a good week. Any uh, insight to the hockey listeners of this podcast, um, why you're going to Tampa and what your concentration is going to be on? Um, this one is more of just to be, this is a more procedural clerical, I'll be honest, the people, the guys who run EP rinkside and elite prospects. Um, the company is based out of Sweden and uh despite having done some great work with them over the last three four months i still have yet to meet anyone i actually work with in person Ah. so it's kind of the uh they're coming to north america meeting with a meeting with someone who kind of for the first time in person and uh then we'll also do some additional uh just as as i'm there always gonna be on the eyes for something so nothing no major stories coming out of this one just a a good opportunity to uh actually meet someone i work with for the first time in yeah. the day and age we live in and also uh then we'll, i'm sure i'll ferret some things out of bruins and tampa on th- throughout the day thursday too it's kind of like us we knew each other for a while before meeting each other in person <laughs> it's it's crazy how the world is now isn't yeah it? <laughs> nah, technology at its uh finest so Last night, uh, you know, I mean, this is an exciting week, especially, you know, one of the things we love to do is talk, you know, about the overall sport of hockey. And I know when the Washington Capitals come in, a lot of people want to buy tickets to see a Vetchkin, rightfully so, or the Penguins with Crosby and everything. So when you look at this week as kind of, you know, the regular passive hockey fan, you know, you might say Buffalo, Carolina, oh, okay. But at the same time, two of the most exciting teams enter the barn this week at the AAC. So last night I truly enjoyed all three periods. I love that game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not expecting, especially, you know, the first 10 minutes of that game as open as it was, 
Um, you know, you're not going to expect that every single game. Different teams had different styles, but from a matchup perspective, I thought the talent shined. Um, I thought it was great seeing a player like Tage Thompson, who we don't get to see. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts because um, I really just kept picturing Eric Lindros on the ice. He really reminded me of Eric Lindros with that size and skating ability. Um, so wanted to get your thoughts on that. Overall, um, you know, I thought the Stars played well. And uh, I tweeted last night that I thought Buffalo deserved the two points. So that didn't mean I don't think the Stars deserved two points as well, because if the Stars had won, I thought the Stars would have deserved two points. So um, wanted to get your thoughts on the overall game. Um, I thought Craig Anderson was terrific. Um, there are random goalies, Sean, that I think can steal you a game. There are your regular goalies like Jake Ottinger can totally steal you a game, uh, you know, on a consistent basis. I don't like facing people like Craig Anderson. He reminds me of Tim Thomas in that, you know, I mean, he can just play shutdown at times and make these saves similar, I guess, to Anton Hudobin with that flopping style that just looks so spectacular. I don't I actually I don't think it's fair to Tim Thomas. Like Tim Thomas was not just that guy who could steal a game. Tim you're Thomas, right, you're right. You remember, yeah, I, very consistent. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. At one point, Tim Thomas, I mean, Tim Thomas won two Vesna trophies and one at one point was the best goalie in the world. And so Craig Anderson has never been been that. He's never been the best goalie in the world, but he is a guy who there's a reason he's still in the NHL at 41 years old. There's a reason he's three years older than any other NHL goalie. And he has a bit of that uh He's had a bit of that. He can have a bit of that gamer mentality. It's uh, it's funny. Like you look at um, kind of the game last night and it, games go through segments for me. That's how I look at games. And the, the reason I would, I would say last night, looking at the game over the body of work, the stars should have and probably deserved to win last night. However, when you look at the game in segments after the first period, the Sabres did a great job and earned the two points. Basically, the Stars should have been up 3-4-1 at the end of the first period. The game should have been the game should have been over in the first period. The Stars should have capitalized. They should have finished in the first period. Um and Buffalo basically dodged a bullet. Craig Anderson helped them dodge a bullet in the first period and from the second period on Buffalo deserve to win they deserve the two points you could have made the claim that either team deserved the two points after the second period but because of i think it's you have to kind of be able to isolate the game if you look at the full game you're like okay you know what the stars should have won they definitely should have been up three or four to one in the first period they weren't and then give credit to buffalo for adjusting give credit for but to buffalo for finding a way to win a game after how after that dismal turnover display they had in the first period um the sabers to me are an incredibly exciting team to watch. They've got so much good young talent. They got guys who zip the puck around. They just really lack the structure. And and to me, that's the biggest difference. And I made this note at my uh, kind of an observations piece over at Shap Shots last night after the game. Um, that to me is the difference that will keep them at the end of the season when the when the Capitals and Penguins are in the playoffs and the Sabres are, are, are out, it will be because of that lack of structure. And it will be those little, like they got away with it last night. 
there's other times they haven't gotten away with it. There's t- the reason, one of the reasons they're a streaky team is they don't have the structure to play back, to lean back on. So to me, it was a really good encapsulation of who the Sabres are right now. They're a good young team with a lot of talent, not enough structure probably for that loaded Eastern conference to get in this year, but as they learn from that, and I think sometimes there's a learning curve that comes with um, that comes with t- teams missing out in the playoffs and wondering why, and then having a young roster adjust. Like I, th- I think this is a team to watch out for over the next couple of years. Yeah. But I don't think this. I don't think this is the year. I think this is the type of game where we're like they're they're going to be fun. They're always must watch. But one of the reasons they're also must watch is they turn the puck over a lot. They give up a lot of odd man rushes, and uh, they've got to kind of they have to refine that before you can really look at them as a actual playoff team in my view now maybe maybe pittsburgh or washington fall off or anything like that but just my gut tells me that buffalo is going to be on the outside looking in just because of the lack of that structure i would be super excited though if i'm a buffalo fan because oh yeah they have some terrific draft capital in this upcoming draft and they have multiple second round picks and they have their first round pick not to mention I mean, you look at that Jack Eichel trade, and I, I understand what Eichel's been able to do in Vegas, but at the same time, you know, I think for a guy who didn't want to be in that city, I think Buffalo got a nice return. Um, I like Tuck as a player, um, and they got some draft capital, so that's that's good. Yeah, so so last night I, I tweeted out and mm-hmm. that – you know, I thought Buffalo deserved the two points because I agree with you. In segments, I thought Buffalo, toward the end of the first period, into the early part of the third period, and then the Stars, I thought, took control. Um, I thought, you know, my tweet was the following. I said, Stars get a point. I thought Buffalo deserved the two points. They're an impressive squad to watch. And our friend Marty Turco uh, who also uh, could steal many games. The Stars probably had 28 grade-A scoring chances. They might be fun to watch, but it's hard to say they deserve two points on that stat alone unless you mean 41-year-old goalie counts, then he deserves to get the W. So um, I just replied, I love Craig Anderson. He made some amazing stops early, as you mentioned, Sean, that kept Buffalo in the game. From the middle of the first until the third, I thought Buffalo was more aggressive, had great puck possession. I think they both deserved a point and Buffalo played well enough for two. So I think the stars could have got two points too. Um, I just think it's one of, you know, it's just one of those situations, you know, and the stars did have some great a chances, especially early. um, And Craig Anderson came up big for them. So, you know, it's just one of those things. And Pete DeBoer said after the game, like, you know, I'm going to be the optimist. Um, We got, we got a hard fought point. And I thought that was a great perspective from a coach because, you know, I was thinking to myself, okay, what did the stars do wrong? And I just didn't see a lot of mistakes. I just, you know, it was, a, it was a hard matchup. And hopefully, you know, when they meet again in Buffalo, they can get two. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, the other the other thing for the Stars, too, is um, 
you have it's easy and it's good that Pete does this, but he is in the position to have that optimism when you're sitting at the top of the Western Conference with 64 points, yep. right? Like this, it, it's all about context here. Um, the Stars issue is th- like the Stars, I'm trying, the Stars have eight overtime losses. Have, they're one and two in the shootout. Um, they only so they they only have three wins. They only they don't they're three. Sorry, they're doing this math in my head real quick. So there's three and ten in games that go past regulation right now, and at the end of the day, that's frustrating. And if you're talking about even if you pick up half of those points, you're looking at maybe seventy points right now, and you're on a pace where you're not just on top of the West, you're running away with the West. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day the three on three overtime is not going to matter after the regular season. And I think that's why it's easy to like, look at it this way. If you have a team that's bad at three on three, which the stars clearly are based off of their results. um, That sucks, but it's not a big deal because come playoff time, come the time when the, when to win a Stanley cup, you will not have to worry about three on three. If you are a team that was in the, if you're a team that was in the Edmonton or Calgary range or even the Colorado range right now, and this was your record in overtime, it becomes a much bigger issue. You have to fix it because you don't have the cushion and you need those points to get into the playoff picture. The stars have the cushion. And so you want to fix the three on three. You want those additional six, seven points that could have been out there. But at the end of the day, remember overtime, overtime, playoff, overtime hockey, Five on five, 20 minutes, we go till someone scores. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And Aaron Thacker, who's a fan of Spits and Suds, reached out at Thackman05 and said, was wondering if you could address the overtime issue for the Dallas Stars on the next podcast. I know playoffs are not like that, but it is concerning, though. And I absolutely agree with you. It's not going to be an issue in the playoffs. And I would say this. I think basically when the clock hits zero, it's a flip of a coin. It's puck yeah. possession. Teams have learned how to play three for three, and it's plays keep away until you get that marquee opportunity and then try to get the possession back. But I, I just, you know, I, I just think that a lot of things kind of go out the window as far as style and what you can do in overtime. So at that point, it's just hopefully you get puck position uh, possession or a breakout and can score. And it is more reflective of the game than the shootout, at least. But at the end of the day, it is a variation that doesn't necessarily reflect who the two teams are at even strength. Um, so it's you as a team and as a coach, you work on it, but I don't want the stars. If I'm the stars and I'm Jim Nil or a stars fan or whatever, I don't want full practices committed to three on three practice when if it's taking away from the finer points of the 60 minute game. And I think that's the decision I'm willing to live with. Uh, and you just, it's a little bit of a crapshoot just to be honest with it. So, yeah. And, and one of the things that we talked about as we move on from that um, on Friday, spits and suds was the possibility of a rope hence return and mm-hmm. not playing on that first line. And we discussed, you know, the Tyler Sagan situation. So it was a healthy discussion and the stars rightfully. So I thought made a great move, not putting him in on Saturday night. And as they dominated the coyotes on Saturday night to give him some extra uh, rest. And he came back in the lineup and did start um, not on that first line. 
uh, but was incredibly effective wherever he was put, um, put immediately on the first unit of the power play, and then we saw the transition as the game went along to move back to that first line. I think what it showed is Rope Hintz's versatility, and what I love to see is no matter where you were putting him last night, he was causing a stir on the ice. Yeah, he was um... – the, there's a stat to me that stands out um, just when you talk about the health factor. Rope hints until the uh, until the overtime, the opening overtime faceoff, he was perfect ten for ten on faceoffs. Just and I know I know and I'm not reading too much into to faceoffs as a as a whether a guy's playing well or, or not, but a guy coming off a upper body injury is someone who. Typically, you keep them away from the face-off circle, honestly. That's the place where a guy's most vulnerable. They get opened up. Things get more pressure points get applied to the body on things like that. And so for someone coming back from an upper body injury, not knowing exactly what it is, no matter what it is, it's a part of the body you're using on the face-off and is now vulnerable in a one-on-one battle. For him to go 10 for 11 on face-offs, 10 for 10 on face-offs and regulation, that to me is just a little stat where you're like, okay, this guy's fine. This guy, the health is good. He's ready. And we knew the skating was going to be there, but it's so much more with Rope Hints now. And it's great to kind of see him take over those other parts of the game, as opposed to just being flash and dash. And it's, uh, it's, 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 it's impressive to see. And I, I like where uh, on Hints in general, I like where he was. I like that they tried to split things up and I like that they were willing to go to him on the top line when they needed to go late. But I think uh, just into stick tap to David Castillo, who wrote a pretty good piece on D magazine, D magazine today, just about how um, to echo David's thesis here, where the stars also shouldn't be afraid to continue to try to get things going and mix things up just because Hintz is back. And so I think it's something where that top line is definitely your gunner. It's the one where you know it works, but don't be afraid to go back to those tweaks with Hintz. Don't be afraid to go back to play around if it means getting something else going as well. Um, just it's It was impressive to see his form for a guy coming back after missing seven, eight games, and even with limited minutes now. Let's see what he does with even more minutes, hopefully up back to that. So I think he was at 14 last night, hopefully back to like that 16, 17 minute game, minutes next game. And then up again, even further after that. And the stars made a move today, uh, loaning Frederick Olofsson to the Texas stars. So I, I tweeted out, I, I loved his energy. Um, I love the aspect of scoring his first NHL goal with Dallas. I thought that was cool. Uh, I love the story that you told on a previous uh, spits and suds regarding you know, how he got to the NHL and how it was kind of fluky how he got to the NHL and how COVID kind of affected it. And uh, so, I mean, I think it's 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 quality depth in the organization when you can uh, send a guy who I didn't think was playing bad and providing a lot of energy and some physicality um, on some of those secondary lines to send him down to Texas. You know, they can recall him. He's got the confidence now that he can play in the NHL. Yeah, he, um, I, I mean, it, it's it's a keep a guy playing, move it. It makes sense. He's the 13th forward now with hints back, keep him playing, keep him going down there. Um, it just makes sense. It fits. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. 